Freedom Digital Media presents the Enough Podcast by Anna Laramore, helping the modern millennial woman rediscover her worth and identify her boundaries in business, relationships, friendships, and more. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Enough Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Laramore. And before we dive into today's episode, I just want to say, wow, thank you so much for all of the support so far and engagement with the podcast. I am so humbled and excited about your response to this project of mine, and I'm really looking forward to kicking this thing into gear and for everything that's to come. So before we get started on episode two, I wanted to debrief episode one. Now, if you haven't yet listened to the pilot, I really recommend pausing this and going to the first episode. It'll really tell you more about why I started this podcast and why it's called what it's called and what it means what it means. So if you've stumbled upon this episode because you're tuning in specifically for the guest or the topic, I totally understand. And just FYI, the way this podcast is designed is intended for you to tune in to any episode as you please. It's not a story. There aren't chapters or seasons or anything like that. But it is conversational and personal. And because of that, if you listen to the episodes in order, my anecdotes will just make more sense to you. So Aside from that, the first guest and the first topic really lay the foundation for this brand, and it's pretty crucial that you give it a listen to really maximize your experience in tuning into this podcast in the future. So if you haven't listened, I would love it if you did. And if you have listened, I'd love to just throw in a few disclaimers. So if you know me, you probably noticed that my personality didn't shine through as much, and that's for some obvious reasons. It was a dark topic, and it is very difficult for me personally to talk about that experience. There are also some legal considerations there that prevent me from recounting that experience in the same way that I might have in a private conversation with a close trusted friend. So I had to tone it down and get serious there for a minute, but I sincerely hope that you were picking up what I was putting down and that it all still made sense to you, even though I couldn't say a whole lot. Um, I hope it helped you. I, I genuinely hope that you were able to take away some important messages from that episode because It's a very real thing and it's scary. And if it hasn't happened to you, it likely has happened to someone you love. So I really encourage you to check in with yourself and with your boundaries and assess whether or not the relationships that you invite into your life are healthy ones or if they are not. And I do want to say I am so happy with how that episode turned out. The topic was so important to me and Lindsay is so important to me. She will definitely be back on a future episode and I really encourage you to reach out to her if you're so inclined. I know a few of you told me you already have, which is great. And I can assure you that more of my personality will come out in this episode and in future episodes. So if you know me and that's kind of what you were looking for, or if you don't know me and you were confused that I wasn't more outgoing, don't worry, you have tuned into a very different episode. But before we dive into it, I did want to mention one more thing pertaining to the pilot. It's a topic that I didn't have time to discuss with Lindsay because our time was getting cut off, and even though she'll be back in the future, I wanted to address this while it's on my mind. So it's a concept called the Flying Monkeys, and it comes from the Wizard of Oz. So if you remember the Flying Monkeys and how they were loyal to the Wicked Witch of the West, that concept is actually carried over into psychology to describe how certain people in a narcissist's life will not only enable the narcissist's bad behavior, but they will actually assist the narcissist in their so-called evil plan, right? So if only subconsciously, they are helping the narcissist carry out these plans of abuse. They are obsessed with the narcissist and they will do whatever they say. So maybe it's for money or for social status or for business connections or personal gain of some sort, but it's not for nothing. So they're a friend or relative or 
just connection to the narcissist and they help the narcissist out with pretty much whatever the narcissist asked them to do. And this is definitely one of the more challenging parts of my experience because when my narcissist and I separated, it was a bad breakup, but it wasn't about, it wasn't until about two months later that everything really hit the fan. And that was when his flying monkeys really swooped in and screwed me over, quite frankly. And it, it actually hurt me so much more than the narcissist ever hurt me because I thought for sure these people had my back and saw the really awful things that were happening to me, but they screwed me over anyway. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because we live in a world, we are part of a culture right now that loves to call a woman crazy, right? So we always dismiss a woman's account of her experience and we favor what the guy says. And when he says things like, my ex is crazy, or I dumped her because she's crazy, that's usually a red flag. And I'm absolutely not here to say that all women are perfect or that all men are lying because that would be simply untrue. But I wanna challenge you as a listener to really pay attention when you hear your friends and family talk about their relationships because I can't tell you how much it hurt my feelings that people who knew damn well what I was experiencing chose to buy into the narrative that I was crazy because what it really is is that you're not crazy, you're just on to them, right? You're on to what they're doing to you and you're setting a boundary and that pisses them off. So if you've ever been made to feel like you're crazy or you've been called crazy, you're probably experiencing something with a narcissist and some of his or her flying monkeys and that's all it is. And one of my goals for this podcast is to really help break that narrative and shed light on it. So we can elaborate on this stuff in a future episode, but I wanted to touch on it while it was fresh in my mind. Okay, moving on. So we're going to get right into it and call our guest of the day. And before we do that, I'm going to give her an introduction. So today we'll be hearing from Danny Novak, who is the founder of a company called Lip Gloss Boss. I met Danny just over a year ago, and I can vividly remember meeting her. I was in Los Angeles for a Create and Cultivate conference. If you don't know what that is, it's a really awesome company that empowers female entrepreneurs and female creatives. And the night before the conference, I went to a happy hour event that was hosted by LinkedIn. I think it was in West Hollywood. And I was in line for this headshot truck and the line was super long. And this girl who was in front of me had the coolest jacket. And I remember complimenting her jacket and she told me that she had it made for her business. So it said Lip Gloss Boss and it had lips on it and, and different really cool patches. So we got to talking and she told me she owned a lip gloss company. And right then and there, she gave me a lip gloss from her brand and I was super excited. And we just kind of stuck together that night and for the rest of the weekend and since then have remained social media friends and she's just the sweetest person ever and I really admired how she came to this conference by herself and she came prepared and she came eager to learn and ready to pitch her business and she was creative and I was just super blown away by everything about her. She has such a cool story for how and why she started her business and I can't wait to tell you all about her and have her tell you all about herself. So without further ado, please welcome Danny Novak. Hey, Danny, what's going on? Not much. Very excited to be on the podcast and so excited I am for everything so excited that's going to have on with you. It. So, something before we get started, did I tell you that I'm going back out to a Create and Cultivate conference in July? No. It's in LA. Yay. Okay. Yeah. I saw, I've been seeing ads for it, but I wasn't sure um, when it was. I hadn't really checked yet. Yeah, you should totally go. It's going to be um, a self-care summit. So it's going to be, um, there's going to be like cannabis and skincare and all different kinds of like um, wellness and beauty types of activations. So it's right up your alley and you should definitely check it out. 
That's exactly up my alley. And that's actually when you asked me about beauty trends that I was interested in, the first thing I did was CBD and beauty. Yeah, see, that's awesome. So I hope that I see you there. And I'm excited to just have you on the podcast today and just have everybody learn more about your company and how awesome it is. So to kick off, I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit more about you and Lip Gloss Boss and how and why you got it started. Cool. Yeah. So I'm Danny. I uh, started Lip Gloss Boss in 2014, officially launched product in 2015 because I did things right. <laughs> um, the number one question I get a lot of times is when I started it was, um, how'd you get product? And I feel like the best question people should ask is, how do I start a business? Because I feel like that's not really discussed enough. And I actually never thought I would start a beauty company, let alone my own beauty company. So I actually did all the back end stuff first. So like getting a trademark, um, doing a um, LLC licensing, um, and all the kind of boring back end stuff that a lot of companies surprisingly don't actually have when they launch product. And that ends up getting people in trouble a lot of times because they didn't check to see if their company name was being used by somebody else. Um, right. So that was kind of what I did and really just wanted to make sure that I had my myself protected versus just trying to make money right off the bat because that was actually never really my intention with starting a company. I kind of just was like, I love this product and I feel like more people should get to try it as well. So might as well start a company that I can sell product to people. So that was that was really kind of the start of it. Cool. And talk a little bit about, because I remember when you gave me your, it's Boss Lady, right? The color? Yes. That I have, yes. I remember when you gave that to me, you told me your inspiration for the mint infusion and why you created that particular type of lip gloss. So talk a little bit about that, because I think that people are going to find that really interesting. Yeah. So um, when I actually... The funny story is the reason why I started a lip gloss company was my favorite lip gloss got discontinued and it was a mint infused, just a clear gloss. And I had hoarded a bunch of it. I found out it was getting discontinued and just went and bought a ton of it and had it at my house. And I was dating a guy at the time who went into the drawer and was like, why do you have literally 10 of the same exact lip gloss? And I said, don't make fun of me. It got discontinued. It's my favorite. I can't live without it. And he actually was the one that said, well, why don't you start your own company or why don't you make your own? And I said, I can't do that. And then later in the day, I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it, came up with a name. My background's in graphic design and advertising. So I actually went home and came up with the logo that day as well and realized one of my very, very close friends, Marissa, worked for a formulation company in Orange County here in California. And I reached out to her and just said, hey, is this even a possibility? And I thought it more of like, maybe I can make 200 glosses or something, right, at least right. enough for me to like have and maybe pass out. Um, and she said, you know, normally we don't do anything this small, but because you're a good friend of mine, why don't you come down and speak with our chemist and we could see what we can do. And if it's a possibility and if it's something that you want to do, let's talk about it some more. And um, I wanted to really make a product that was something I would wear because I'm pretty picky when it comes to lip products. Um, 
and something that was good for the environment, was cruelty-free, vegan if possible, and uh, mint-infused. And that was exactly what I got out of the formulation company helping me create the original product, which was actually, I thought I was going to make colors out of this original product, so I just called it Crystal Clear. And then the products that you have actually were, people loved the gloss, but they wanted a gloss in a tube with an applicator instead of in the tin, um, which is what it originally came in. And they wanted color. Those were the only two things was, I wish there was an easier way to put it on. And do you make colors? And so then I, I launched the Magic Wand Gloss, which is the ones in the tubes. And there's four colors and then also a clear formulation, which is very, very similar to the original Crystal Clear. And then I actually rebranded Crystal Clear after deciding not to do any colors in the tin packaging. And that's just now called Balmy Gloss. And I am obsessed with the one I have. It is like every time I wear it, everybody asks me what I'm wearing. Oh, like I love that. And I am someone who has obviously a million different lip colors and it truly is one of my favorites. So love that. And something I think is really, you touched on it a little bit when you mentioned your background in graphic design and advertising. Something that I think is really relatable and awesome about you and when you started your business is that you started this business while also working full time. And I'd love if you could kind of speak to that and talk a little bit about how to start and run a business while working full time. Because I think that that's something that so many girls, so many people in general just want to do and don't know how to find the time or how to make the time or where to start or how to afford it. And the fact that you're able to do both successfully is just kind of proof that these dreams that live in the back of people's heads can come to fruition. So I'd love if you can talk a little bit about how to get started in that and how to continue uh, being successful. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, First off, I'm not going to say it's the easiest thing to literally launch a company as you're also working a full-time job, but I have found out from pretty much everybody I've met in the beauty industry specifically, as well as uh, I think most companies I've met the founders of um, just through networking because of Lip Gloss Boss had full-time jobs when they started out. And that allowed them to be able to launch a company without having to borrow a lot of money or get investors early on. Investors are key, but you don't need an investor to start a company. Start saving right. up, and that's like a huge... And a lot of times when you're starting a company, it's bits and pieces that you're paying for. You're not paying one lump sum at, at one time. But so like advice-wise, that would be my advice. But the way I did it was... I'm very fortunate. I work, I still actually have a full time job on this as my normal income. And Lip Gloss Boss is kind of my side hustle, but I put a lot of focus into it. My full time job is um, as the advertising director for my family's steel company here in in California. I've worked there, um, it will be 10 years in December. So, Having that steady income has been a huge help of why I'm able to actually have another company of my own. And I actually don't have any investors or any outside money. I'm fully funded on my own. And that's, that's amazing. It, it's a, it is amazing, but I definitely, it's, I'm very fortunate. I'm not saying that's going right, to happen right. for everybody. Um, right. I also have the luxury because I do advertising for the company and I don't have to be in the office at all times. I work from home two days a week. 
So that also, and like my, it's, I'm not trying to like tell anybody like, oh yeah, I put my full focus into my normal job. And then I take 16 hours per week to focus on lip gloss boss. There's not really a scheduling. It just happens when it happens. Thankfully, having the ability to work from home allows me to kind of do some photo shoots at home for product shots or social media or stories for Instagram specifically. Um, But it also, don't schedule yourself that you have a 40-hour work week job, plus you're trying to start something else, so you need to set aside a certain amount of time. Like, let yourself just have a little bit of freedom in terms of a second job. Make sure you plan time for it. Um, but like, I I love having my normal job because it gives me a little bit of kind of realism, whereas Lip Gloss Boss is kind of this fantasy world that I've really enjoyed. And um, it's so, I mean, hello, steel and lip gloss, how different can you get? <laughs> And, (laughs) and I, like I said, I never, I really honestly never, ever thought I would own my own company, let alone a lip gloss company. I thought if anything, I'd own a design firm or something to do with uh, graphic designer advertising. Um, so in that sense, I, I definitely would say you need to don't quit. Okay. If you have, if you decide you're going to start a company, do it 100% do it get all the back end stuff done, get product, get your websites. There's so many amazing services now. Um, and it's so easy to start a digital company or a company that you don't need an actual brick and mortar storefront for. Um, thank God for online shopping. <laughs> right, right. Because I mean, essentially, that's what I'm doing, right? It's like, I'm creating this digital multimedia business. And just I'm just kind of setting money aside where I can and kind of like what you said is I'm not, I'm not paying a a big lump sum. I'm, you know, I'm working with this production company and I'm, I'm working with a designer and I'm working with sponsors and and I'm just kind of putting my time and putting my money into little pockets where I can and when I can. And that's, that's how I'm able to get it off the ground. So it's, it's not that it's, um, not difficult, but it's definitely, I'm definitely fortunate that I don't, I'm not in a position where I'm like opening up a store or or I'm opening up like a facility of some sort. Like I have a lot of freedom and flexibility in creating something like this. Right. And even if you do physically have product, you don't need a brick and mortar store. That's not the way that the right, commerce right. works really anymore. Like, okay, granted, the steel company, it's kind of a catch-22 in my life. We don't do anything in terms of selling online. This It's a commodity. So commodity prices are always going and, and coming and it's it's too volatile to sell anything online. So then it's funny because we're an only a walk-in brick and mortar or we do deliveries direct to customers. But with Lip Gloss Boss, it allows me to have a lot of extra time and I can decide to take a photo at a lunch that I'm at and use that as content or even having um, user-created content, which is amazing. Um, that's like a whole different story. But I feel like when you have a, it's really important to just take the time to understand that you don't need to just rush into having a brick and mortar store if you have products. Like, of course, with having a podcast, you're not going to have a brick and mortar store. So that's very, very fortunate. And that's a very, that helps with a lot of cost cutting. But it's, it's also the sense that you, 
I feel like a lot of people are like, well, I need to have presence. No, you can have social media presence. You can have online presence. Everything can get linked to your online store. That's what you push. You use it in multiple ways like email marketing, on social media, in your link in your profile, everything. I mean, I feel like there's so many resources now that if you think, uh, if you're thinking of starting a company, this is the time to do it. You have so many resources, free resources as well, which is amazing. Yeah. And like even just networking through the people that I've met through Lip Gloss Boss, I gain so much knowledge and information and ideas. It's it's remarkable and it's it's free advice a lot of times. Like you're not taking anybody's idea, but peop- you go to these networking events or you go to some kind of party and you just start talking with people and it's that's just you're building connections and that's the best thing you can do as a business owner is to build connections and to really just appreciate people for what they bring to the table and what you can learn from them or even what they can learn from you as well yeah for sure like i was just telling my friend who i hope you do go to this conference because i would love for you to meet this friend um she is so fantastic and she works with a lot of different um, dispensaries and she has a lot of different, um, different endeavors, but that's kind of her big focus right now is cannabis. And I was telling her, I I was saying this type of environment, the create and cultivate type of environment where you're just networking. I said, the person that I'm about to interview on my podcast, Danny Novak, I met her by being in line at a happy hour for, for a networking event, right. Or, Or a conference. And here she is on my podcast and, you know, we support each other on social media and she's given me some business tips and it's, you just never know, you know, you got to put yourself in, in those types of environments because you're just meeting people all over the place that you otherwise wouldn't meet. Right. And, and it's so amazing. Like I've met a lot of people that you meet them at a conference or you meet them at a networking thing or a happy hour and you connect and you don't really keep in touch with them. But with you, it's been really, really... And like, you're a lot younger than me. I think you're the same age as my youngest sister. I mean, not that it's that much younger, <laughs> but it's it's so um, inspiring to get to like meet people that are also just starting out or have an idea and you get to see the idea blossom. And like, I've loved getting to see in the year that I've known you, all of the things that you've accomplished and what you're striving for and what it's, it's, it's awesome. Like I wish at your age, I would have thought to do something like this, but timing is key. Don't rush really things is. if you're yeah. not ready or if you're not in the right mindset or you're not in a good, um, headspace even like take time, fix yourself for, or not fix yourself. I shouldn't say that work on yourself Make sure that you are ready for this because it is added stress and it is added in money that's going out. And But do it. I feel like everybody just needs a little push. And if you feel that fire is starting underneath you, like kindle that fire. Like make sure it, it keeps. Yeah. I feel like kind of what you just touched on is really exactly my story and probably the story of a lot of other people who started a business. When I had this idea, I just... I wasn't in the right headspace to really pursue it. I I didn't really have the capital. Uh, I I wasn't particularly responsible with my money, even if I did have the capital. And I was just going through a lot. And I really needed to like nurture and foster this idea without bringing it to life before it was ready to um, 
to, to really be what I envisioned. And I'm glad that I took those baby steps because I didn't neglect it, but I definitely took my time to make sure that it was work that I was really proud of and that I could um, financially sustain. So I think it's just, it's a balance and it, it, you're right, it is timing. It's, um, there's, I think something that's, I'm, something I'm struggling with is like trying to avoid perfection because I'm like, okay, when I launch this, I'm going to have this amazing website. I'm going to have this amazing logo. I'm going to have all these episodes and they're going to be perfect. And I have all this stuff. And it's like, that's not real life. I'm just going to put out what I can. So I've started the Instagram. I put out what I can, you know, and, and I didn't do anything in the order that I thought I would do it, but it doesn't matter because I'm showing up. And that's the thing. It's like, get out of bed and show up and just, just do what you can and put it out. As long as it's work that you're proud of, I think people got to like break that perfection narrative and just show up and put in the work. 100%. I definitely agree. I feel like a lot of people run into one roadblock like timing and then they just give up on it. But it's like if you really have an idea in your head that you feel like can help even one other person, pursue it. Don't give it up. Maybe put it on the back burner or get the steps that you didn't know you needed done, like getting a business license if you're going to actually sell stuff or making sure your website's ready to go. Or like you said, have you didn't have a logo on your Instagram for this podcast immediately. And I actually really love that. And I, I love that you addressed that. But it was I was so excited when you started the specific Instagram account for the podcast because it was like getting people ready. You start yeah. friending people. They, they get interested. They want to know what it is. And they're like, oh, this is Anna's podcast she had been telling me about. And then they start following it. They get excited. You were really good about putting stories up, putting in posts, which I find that a lot of companies will, you know, get an Instagram account, don't do anything with it, and then expect orders to come flying in when you finally launch product. It's like, no, you kind of have to give hints. You have to, you know, there's a ton of Instagram accounts that aren't personal pictures. It's quotes or inspirational photos or whatever you want to call it. And I think too, like in this digital age, whether you're selling a product or you just have like a multimedia business like I do, it's your responsibility to upkeep the social. And if you can't do it, it's your responsibility to delegate someone else to do it. Um, we, that's just the world we live in, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier. It's just, it's a digital world. It's a social world. And something that's been really important to me is engaging the listeners. The listeners, they don't even exist yet. We haven't even put this out yet, you know, but they're already a part of it. They're already submitting questions. They have questions for you, actually. They're already submitting questions. They're already reposting. They're, they're already clicking on polls. They're engaged. And it's important, too, from a business perspective, because how am I supposed to present to a potential sponsor that my audience is engaged if I don't have any data to prove that? Right. You know, and that's another thing I wanted to pick your brain on. So something that we we have in common is that we both have full-time careers in advertising. And for me personally, I feel like my career in advertising helps me um, utilize social media in a way that is going to benefit me and my business. Would you agree? And how do you feel? What are some strategies that you use to utilize social media for your business? 100% I agree with that. Um, I mean, I'm still not the most savvy person on Instagram, I'm sure, but I definitely know 
that my background in graphic design and advertising has definitely helped me to understand it better. Um, also, because I have my degree in graphic design, it helps me to actually, I, I've been able to save a ton of money because I do all my own graphics and I'm able to do um, a lot of promo stuff. So I try as often as I possibly can. If I have an idea, um, like, okay, well, I think I want to do these little inspirational quotes to use as um, pieces on my feed or on my stories. Um, and I find that those really kind of, A, put in a new thing that you can use for posts, especially when you don't want to be repetitive, but also it kind of allows people to get a sense of your brand's identity or mood. Um, one of my friends, Remy, she owns the company, or she's a founder of the company Freck, which is the freckle makeup. And they do this fun, cute thing on Instagram called um, Mood by Freck. And that's their hashtag. And it will just be something that doesn't have to do with anybody wearing their product. Um, and that was kind of like an inspiration for me was like, oh, I should do something kind of like that or have an idea of that. So just like kind of bouncing off of friends or people that you admire. Um, I love the fact that Instagram now has the save to collections. So if you save a photo with the little, I guess it's like a bookmark. It's like a ribbon, yeah. Yeah, I love that feature. And I love that you can actually coordinate it into different. Um, so I have like product shots. So companies I love that do amazing product shots, I'll tag and save those just as like ideas or inspiration. Um, I follow a ton of girls that do, and guys actually, that do um, beautiful flat lays and um, kind of just like product shots that aren't, you know, they're bloggers. They're not, they're not companies that are trying to make money um, right. making a new product. Um, but I also just, I think like user generated content. So that's huge. And um, somebody that I really saw huge doing that and embracing it was um, Jen Atkin from The Way. I love Jen Atkin and I love Way. She's amazing. The products are amazing. But like the fact that she was the first big beauty account to sh like shout out, like thank you so much to our followers for creating these beautiful photos and allowing us to repost them. A, it shows that they care about what their customers are posting, but also like no company can keep up with all of the photos at all times. So why not show off what your customers and what they love about the product or how they're styling their hair with the product? And I thought that was kind of genius. And when she did that and she made a, a wonderful post about that, I was like, heck yeah, that's amazing. Cause she's huge. She probably has enough money to employ somebody at all times to take stories for her photos, anything. And, but right. she's really, and that's, that's the thing about Instagram is it's a community and you need to develop the community and nourish the community. And that's how you do it is with, you know, resharing or let the biggest thing is credit the people that you're using their photos. Totally. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. So I actually yesterday posted, I don't know if you saw it. I reposted something from Dear Media. Um, and not only did I say that the picture was from Dear Media and tag them and put them in the caption and hashtag them and give them the location. I also said that I was summarizing their caption. 
because something I can't stand, and I saw a post similar to this this morning, something I can't stand is when I'm following an account and it just looks a little too curated. Like, um, first of all, disclaimer, more power to you if that truly is your content and you are, you are able to create yourself that type of curated content. That's fantastic and good for you. But when I notice that every single picture is pulled off of Pinterest or someone else's account and you're taking credit for that and you're building followers, the authenticity is lost and the credibility is lost. And right. I, I, can't, I can't take you or your product seriously anymore because you're, you're not a content creator at that point. You're a content thief. Right. And that's been happening so often. Um, the poof is a girl that I follow. I freaking love her at the poof. It's P O U F. Um, she's, she does all those little like beaded bracelet letters and she puts them out on like sparkly backgrounds. Well, okay. Maybe I shouldn't say what company stole her idea, but a big indie clothing company that makes lots of money and has been in trouble for stealing ideas in the past. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, totally, totally, totally stole her idea, didn't give any credit, made a shirt, and then she called them out on it, and they blocked her. Mm. And it's like, you are a huge company. Just say, apologize, and and work something out with the artist. Like, don't, these are young people who are making amazing free art, essentially, but not free for other people to take and make money off of. Right, because honestly, I don't know this person, but that would have probably been a huge honor to her to have a big company reach out and say, we're really inspired by what you're creating and we would love to talk to you. Yeah, let's work out a licensing deal. It's not hard. Uh, People do it all the time. It's crazy. And I I feel like um, if, and that's the other thing, is if I use somebody's photo that has tagged us in it, I don't necessarily use their entire caption because a lot of times it's like all their beauty details and sometimes it's a little excessive and I don't really need to be reposting their caption word for word. Right. But I will usually, when I do a repost, I will of course say who it is, what they're wearing of our product. And then I usually either will put, if it's a small enough caption, I'll just put like three little bullet points and then it's whatever they said, or I'll put it in quotations. Or I'll say, please head over to their original post to get all the beauty details. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we all took English in high school. We all know how to paraphrase or cite things. Like, it's really not hard. Yeah, it's exactly. I'm so tired of seeing that because I think that there's a trend that I'm really appreciating right now in social media and just like marketing in general, uh, particularly influencer marketing, I'm really liking this authenticity trend. I'm really liking the longer captions and the photos that aren't all the same preset and the body positivity and, you know, the, the, this is my real skin. This is me with no makeup. I'm really liking that trend because just from like, this is the the salesperson and me coming out. If I can trust you, if, if I, if you are building your credibility with me and I can trust you, I'm probably going to buy whatever you promote to me as long as you can sell me the value because I can see that you are authentic. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That authenticity over curation is like really important to me as somebody in marketing and advertising because I'm, I'm just, I'm in awe of the people who are so brave to forego that perfect image and just be real and raw. And I think that that's, it's something to really commend. 
100%. I definitely agree with that. And I think that having just like so many people, whenever anybody tags, I mean, okay, it's Lip Gloss Boss. It's just me. But anytime that anybody tags Lip Gloss Boss, I get so excited that I can only imagine if big companies or even a company my size reposts and tags the person, I'm sure they're getting excited too. And like, who doesn't want to feel excited? Right. For sure. Who doesn't want to feel like honored and mentioned and and represented properly? Right. Right. And I think too, um, back on the like the skin and the no makeup um, topic, something that I would love to pick your brain about in addition to beauty trends. I want to talk about beauty trends. But before we talk about beauty trends, I want to talk about the values for your beauty business. So I know that your products are cruelty-free. They're vegan, right, as well? Yes. Okay. And I would love for you to talk about, I know you touched on it in the beginning. You said that you wanted to work with a company that was going to be able to accommodate um, those needs and those values for you. But I would love for you to talk a little bit more about why that's so important to you and where you see the future of beauty going in, in those directions. Great. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I started the company, um, I kind of wasn't as, this was like probably a year before cruelty-free beauty really kind of became mainstream or brought to the light a little bit more. Um, I think a, the beauty industry was so, pardon my French, but ass backwards in the sense that so many products were not cruelty-free. Um, first off, I can try makeup on my own face. I don't need um, an animal to try it. (laughs) And I feel like I know a lot of companies have gone into the China market and that's when their company officially became not cruelty free because if you are going to sell a product in mainland China, their laws require that every single beauty product is tested on animals before it's actually allowed to be sold physically in China. That was something that I had to really educate myself on and to understand. Um, I'm a huge animal lover. I have two cats myself. I wish I could probably have a farm of animals, but (laughs) I live in LA and we don't have farms here. (laughs) um, But I grew up always having a ton of animals and I could not imagine testing products on animals. And Okay, granted, I get it. We used to use a lot of products that were really bad and that could have bad reactions, but we live in a modern world where use synthetic products if that's going to be an issue. Um, Science has come a very, very long way, and science is our friend in terms of beauty. So um, I just really wanted to have the ethos of my company reflect the ethos of myself. Um, And also when it came to... Um, the original product, um, I wanted to have as little unnecessary products as possible. So like when I took in that lip gloss, that was my favorite lip gloss to the chemist, he went through the ingredients list and was like, okay, you don't need this. Why do they have this in there? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've been using this for 10 years. And now he's telling me there was products in there that I didn't need to be using. And so I just wanted, I told him, I said, whatever you can do to eliminate any unnecessary, and it's not for cost saving. It was literally like, why did, why did they put that chemical in there? And it's, chemicals aren't necessarily bad, but if you don't need something in there, don't put it in. Um, And also I wanted to have 
as vegan products as possible um, because I'm not vegan, but I am trying very, very hard to limit my intake of animal products in my daily life. Um, I unfortunately am anemic, so I do eat meat still, sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely um, tried to be as conscious as possible on that. And I wanted to definitely do that the same with my company. The next step, I think, with my company and being more earth friendly is um, so that the Balmy Gloss, which is the my it's our number one product. That's actually in a little tin jar that a that's earth friendly because you can recycle it because it's metal. Um, but if you want to keep it, you can use it. I've had friends that use it in their car. They keep um, quarters in it for the meters because you have to use quarters everywhere here. Or there's parking meters everywhere. I guess you use your credit card. But um, I like quarters, so my friends did that, and now I do that in my car. Um, you can use it to, like, put in pills for a trip. You can use it to put like, – I've used it to put safety pins in for a trip yeah. when I knew I had a dress that I wanted to kind of adjust. Um so the next thing is our uh, magic wand glasses are in plastic packaging. I would like to find possibly a second idea for it. Unfortunately, the application process is a little bit tougher to make this not in a plastic container. Um, I want to possibly maybe look into more biodegradable or recycled. I know this is recycled plastic. I made sure that was a big thing. Um, I think it's 25% post-consumer plastic is used, um, but I don't feel like that's enough personally, just because I want, I have a bad carbon footprint because I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee, so sorry, right. <laughs> but I'm trying really, really hard to make my impact on the world less, and I want to do the same thing with my own company. So the way I do that specifically is I have my formulation company. No, I'm not making my own lip gloss in my kitchen. I don't think anybody needs to see that mess. Not breaking bad. Not breaking bad. Um, I also, I don't think anybody would ever want to accidentally have a cat hair in their lip gloss because, sorry, right. I have two cats. We have, you know, hardwood and tile in here, but it's still, I keep the place clean, but I wouldn't want to do any of it in my kitchen. So also I just have, the company is here in L.A., um, they are amazing. They do everything in house. Um, they try to source their projects reasonably or, uh, they're not their projects, their resources and the actual ingredients. Um, so they try to use all U S made ingredients if possible. It's not 100% possible because some, um, chemicals and ingredients are not found naturally in the U S so they do have to come in imported. But, um, okay. cool. I just try to really, really limit my company's footprint as well and that's also why we have a we don't have a brick and mortar store we do everything online I try to do um as little packaging as possible we use the little bubble mailers but I know a lot of beauty companies and this is something that I was really proud of a lot of bloggers posting about was the excessive amount of packaging that yes I knew you were about to mention that yes I've been seeing it too cannot stand it what the hell does do all these bloggers need a one-time use video screen for that they can't actually recycle because it's not a recyclable little screen and you can't use it for anything else? Like, wow, cool, a 30-second brow video. I'm sorry. Like, I'm happy that a lot of these companies took note and aren't doing that kind of stuff anymore. 
And I get it, it's beautiful packaging and who doesn't wanna get a big package in the mail and open it and be excited? But I'm so glad so many of these beauty bloggers had kind of stood up and said, what the hell are you doing? This is, I can't even recycle, like unless you're in a city that allows you to recycle all different kinds of plastics and materials, a lot of companies don't let you, or a lot of um, cities and counties don't actually accept a lot of plastic packaging. It's because of the resin that it's made with. And it's, that's why there's the little um, recycling logo and then it has a number in it. The number reflects what kind of resin the plastic is made out of. And some, com- some counties don't actually have the ability to break down or their machines can't actually sort it properly. So I tried to do as little of that personally as possible. Um, I can't help that we have to put in a packing slip, but also I do handwritten notes on the packing slip rather than a second card. Um, So just like little things like that. I mean, it's not making a, I don't think it makes a huge difference, but it does personally to me help. Yeah, for sure. I think a takeaway that I really just got from that and resonated with, I love how you said you you want your business to align with you. And I think that that's something a lot of people are just kind of trying to to put you know, put out a product or or put out a store or anything and they're just trying to get it done and get it out there, but I think if you stop and you really align your business with what's important to you as a as a human being, um that's there's really something to be said for that and I I think that's really cool and really important. Thanks. <laughs> And we do have some listener questions for you. So I have two questions I want to ask you. The first is, how did you get your name out there and get noticed? Well, thankfully, the name is catchy. Um, Also, when I thought of it, the first thing I did was Google it, and it was not being used anywhere. I bought the website domain that day. Unfortunately, there was somebody that actually was using it on Instagram, and at that time, they had like 8,000 followers. And I thought, okay, this is 2014. I know people are buying Instagram handles. I don't know how much they are. And I didn't really know. I didn't have product yet. So I also didn't put like that big of a commitment into contacting her, which I probably should have because she did actually sell it to somebody else. And that person only has like 500 followers now. But I've had the company for almost five years now. I'm not going to change our Instagram handle. It just is what it is. Right. Um. So the catchiness of it helped. And also, I think just getting all of that information and getting the domain right away. Um, I just helped my sister with this as well. She's She started her own, um, she makes her own pasta and pickles stuff. Ooh. It's called Ting's Things. Uh, she lives in Boulder and she makes everything homemade. She's an amazing chef. Um, but she had this idea. It actually happened a little over a year ago because I got the Google domain email like, your domain's up for renewal. Did you want to renew it? And we bought her domain like off the bat and got her um, an Instagram handle kind of off the bat too. So yes, technically it's best to do that. Um, If your domain or Instagram aren't available, reach out and ask. GoDaddy uses, um, they actually, if you want to buy a domain that's in use, go on GoDaddy and they will negotiate a buy-off for you sometimes. Um, I tried to buy another domain recently. Um, I just trademarked Lip Boss. So we didn't always have to do gloss products. Right. And (laughs) Lip Boss was taken as a domain, or Lip Gloss, 
or no, sorry, lipboss.com was taken. So I I tried to negotiate with GoDaddy to um, have them contact the owner of it, and they wanted $50,000. So I do not own lipboss.com. I own lipboss.co. Yeah. <laughs> no, not for $50,000. No, it's not worth it. I don't have product yet. I maybe one day we'll negotiate something, but... Right, because who knows? But yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I think, you. okay, the best way to answer that question and or to summarize is get an Instagram handle, get a domain hand or buy a domain and just start talking about it. Tell every, even if you don't have product yet, tell people what you're doing. Like you did the same thing. When I first met you and you said, I think I want to start, a, I'm going to do this podcast. And I, that was like so impressive. And then now we are a year later and you are launching the podcast. Like that's what you did is you told people, Right. Yeah. I think I like spoke it into existence because if it lives in the back of your head or if it lives in the notes section of your iPhone, which it did for me for a long time, it's not, it's, it's not a plan. It's just a dream. Birth it into fruition is what I say. Yes. Yeah. Once you start talking about it, you're creating something, you're creating a footprint and you are going to get the name or the idea out there and you don't know who is going to come across it and then be a huge help to you or a help to you right. in the future. Yeah. You just have to hold yourself to it. And the best way to do that is to start telling people because then they're going to expect it. And then you got work to do in a good way. <laughs> and then the second question from the listeners is, do you have a mentor in the business? And if you do, how did you find them? <sighs> okay. So I guess I never had a mentor to begin with besides my friend, Marissa, which... I'm going to make her listen to this because I love her so much. Um, Marissa is, um, she's, I think, eight years older than me, but we are part of the same friend group. Um, we've gone all over the country together. We've been in weddings together. Um, she's kind of just like a big sister to me. And like I said, she's the one who worked for the formulation company that originally started my products with me. And... She's just been such a wonderful sounding board, and um, I don't think she intended to start off as a mentor. She mainly started off as a just you know a friend helping another friend, but she has become a mentor in my life in more ways than just in the beauty industry. Like she's a mom of two little boys, Xavier and um, Lennon, um, and she's a wonderful wife. She works hard. But she's also helped me immensely in next steps, who to talk to, who to contact. She was the one who actually um, bridged the relationship with the formulation company that I am working with now because her company actually turned into mainly packaging and turnkey. So they do like private label products, um, which my company is not a private label company at all. It's my own formulation. Um, Nothing wrong with turnkey or private label it's a great way for a lot of companies that like the um skin boutique that we sell product at they have their own private label skincare line um which is amazing and I use a lot of their products but um I wanted to have something my own and she really helped me with that um she's also been a huge help um anytime I like I did a um I did IMATS in LA in January and her company actually had a private label that they had a booth for and she was like the next row over and she was just a huge help in like helping me know what to bring and you know just making sure like 
if I needed to go to the bathroom, she'd come and like help watch over my booth or, um, she's been a huge help. And, uh, unfortunately I wish I had somebody else I can mention as a mentor more in the actual, like same line of business as I am in, which is like physically selling a product. Um, but somehow in the beauty industry, it's so weird. It's either everybody wants to be your friend and you get a lot of help and you get a lot of advice and a lot of networking and relationship building, or they're totally closed off. And unfortunately, I feel like more people than not are really closed off and secretive. Yeah, I can see that. And that's unfortunate. It sucks so bad because I've met so many cool people that I'm like, oh, this is going to be such a great relationship. And then it's literally like, what can I get out of you to give you anything? And it's like, well, I'm just trying to like learn and possibly grow a little bit. Like I remember a friend of mine um, was like, oh, you should be in this company. And so I reached out to somebody that I knew that owned a company that was being sold there. And they just pretty much acted like I didn't exist. And we didn't have competitive companies like they were an eye makeup company and I'm a lip yeah, gloss that's, company. That's annoying. So like why I, it just, it didn't, it didn't make sense. And like, I'm a big person. Like I love to help. I'm one of six kids and I'm the fourth of six. So I'm kind of in the middle and I couldn't imagine not giving, I mean, of course I'm not going to give my trade secrets, but if, right, I'm going right. to definitely help bridge relationships or. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, I wish there were a little bit more of that. All right, so we're running out of time a little bit, but rapid fire, give me three beauty trends that you think are either huge now or are about to be huge. Go. Okay, CBD beauty, 100% has changed my life. Um, CBD face oil, Kiss Canoe, I'm calling you girls out, um, and Bebo. Bebo just launched their first CBD face oil. I use that at night, and I use Kiss Canoe face oil in the morning. Anna, I'll send you the link so you can link it in the notes. Yeah, for sure. Um, skincare. Skincare is just so freaking important. I'm so glad there's such a focus on it. And then you, you, the first thing that you said about beauty trends is natural skin. I want to see people's pores. I want to see people have, you know, f- smile lines around their eyes. Or, I, I mean, okay, granted. I do Botox. I've been doing Botox since I was 28. I'm 33 now. I've been doing it since I was 23. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, why not? Um, But that's not altering my appearance. Right. Right. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have fillers. I have Botox and that's it. It's in my forehead because I'm a very expressive person. But I still like now I used to wear full foundation. I wear... um, Skincare has helped me to be comfortable with this, by the way. I'm not saying it's happened overnight. But for the most part, I wear tinted moisturizer and a little bit of concealer and then a ton of mascara because I love mascara. I wear CC cream and eyelash extensions. Yeah, I had eyelash extensions up until February and then I had a bad reaction to the glue and I just wanted to give my eyes a break. But castor oil helped grow my lashes back. So using natural products is huge too. Yeah, you're right. Natural products, CBD. CBD has exploded. Just like from working at Sephora, I I started seeing about two big brands coming out with products. And then after a while, every time I go in to pick up to work a shift, 
there's a new brand with a new product and it's just everywhere. So CBD, skincare, natural skin. Um, yeah, I, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head, but all right, Danny. So tell us where we can find you on Instagram and your website and where we can check out some of your products. Cool. Okay. So our Instagram handle is at lip gloss boss, Inc. Inc. Uh, our website is lipglossboss.com. And that's a fully, um, you can buy any of our products on there, including our little logo pins um, and free shipping over 25 bucks in the U.S. So it doesn't take much to get to 25 bucks. Um, and also at the treatment in Claremont and Newport Beach, our products are, um, our full line of products are there. We have a few other places that sell um, one or two to three of our products, but Aaron and Megan over at the treatment, we love them and they have been um, a huge support system since day one. Cool. All right. Well, I'm so excited for people to tune into this and just hopefully feel really inspired um, with, with you and your company and with beauty and hopefully people will listen to this and they will feel like they can kind of turn their business dreams into a business plan. That's, that's really why I wanted to bring you on. I love your product and your company, but even more so I'm just inspired by, um, you as a businesswoman and the, the way you run your business and why. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to see you this summer. Yes. Thank you so much, Anna. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so excited to be, this is my first podcast. Yay. I can't wait. I'm so happy. And maybe we'll bring you back on because we could probably talk forever about beauty and business and just life in general. So I'd love to have you back on in the future. Oh, thank you so much, Anna. This has been a pleasure. All right. We'll talk soon, Danny. Have a good day. Bye. All right. Bye. And if you would like to shop Lip Gloss Boss, we have a special offer for all the Enough podcast listeners. You can get 20% off with code ENOUGH at lipglossboss.com. That's lipglossboss.com. And it's for all orders. So she has a lot of different products, different colors, and we hope you enjoy your order. That was such a fun interview. Yeah, she was so good. Jordan, what did you think about it? it was. It's great to hear like a side hustle entrepreneur because I feel like I always have like a million ideas of something that I could start or anything along those lines. So it's cool to hear someone who's actually done that and been able to do it. Yeah, it is cool. And I love that the conversation shifted a lot more to business than I thought it would. I thought we were going to talk a little bit more about beauty than we did, but it's really cool to see a topic that, um, a topic that might feel a little superficial to some people actually be so empowering and such such important business. Like I'm tempted to say that it was nice to talk about something more lighthearted in this episode compared to last episode, but there's really nothing lighthearted about business, even if it is the beauty industry. It's clearly a ton of work and there's a ton of challenges. And I just really respect Danny and everything she's created for herself and her business. And I can't wait to watch her grow and flourish. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to get to a few listener questions, Jordan and I are, but um, before we get started, I wanted to preface that one of the questions is about dating apps. A lot of people wrote in questions about dating apps, um, probably because I had posted that we had a listener question on the last episode. People asked, are, you, are people still meeting their significant others on apps or in person? And I did a little poll I asked people to write in their hard nose for dating apps. So I'm going to read them and then Jordan and I are just going to dissect them or talk about them and decide if we agree that this would be a hard no or not. 
Okay, so one person said, actually, Jordan, have you even been on dating apps since you met your person organically? Um, well, I you I played around with Tinder when it like first came out. Okay. So and then I I, I got overwhelmed by like the message, just the whole speed of it. It was like too much for me. Yeah. So I, I get it. Yeah. It I was it was a bit much, but but I feel like we're gonna so we're gonna address these hard no's that people wrote in because I think they're kind of funny. But I feel like dating apps and just dating in general and probably my personal dating life in general is going to be a topic that we touch on in like most episodes. Um, not to scare anybody off. If you date me, it doesn't mean I'm going to come in here and, and talk all about it on my podcast. But uh, it's, it's clearly something people are writing to me about. So we're just going to talk about it. Okay, so the first hard no is... On Hinge, it's a huge no if the guy doesn't answer the questions. Do you know what Hinge is? Mm -mm. Okay, so Hinge is one of the apps that, like, their whole premise is prompts. So they give you a ton of prompts, and you choose. I don't remember how many you choose. I don't have Hinge at the moment. Um, but basically, it's like your dream dinner guest, and your if I could donate this much money to one charity, or if I could have a superpower or what's your karaoke song or things like that. Some of them are lighthearted and some of them are serious. So yeah. Why would you have a dating app about questions and not answer the questions? Yeah. Well, I feel like even to start with that shows a bit of, um, like you're kind of trying to hide yourself if you're not even yeah, willing to answer those questions. So I would immediately be skeptical if someone hasn't answered their questions, but yeah, I'm just really paranoid when it comes to stuff like that. So I don't know. I feel like it's, it's an easy, quick way to start a conversation with somebody too, like reading their questions. Right. And I think it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. And if I have some deal breakers, like personal deal breakers, and I read, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. An insecurity that I have is when I'm looking at somebody's dating profile and I see that they write something like, um, accepting gym, gym buddy applications, I immediately, that's a trigger for me. And I immediately get a little bit insecure, not because there's anything wrong with saying that who wouldn't want to work out with their significant other, if that's something that you enjoy. But for me, after coming from a relationship where I was constantly put down about my body, when I read that on somebody's profile, I immediately, my mind immediately goes to, oh my God, they need my body to be perfect. And they, they want to literally be my accountability partner to make sure that it is perfect. That's probably not at all what they mean, <laughs> yeah. but that's a trigger for me. So yeah. sometimes I like the questions because if I'm reading them and they say something like that, like if exercise is extremely important to someone, like it's it's like their their personal brand, that's a trigger for me. So yeah, I would agree that's, that's weird. Um, one person said, if he is shorter than me or has one or more selfies, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, height isn't like, a, I mean, if that's like a personal thing that you're holding on to, then that's some, that's one thing. But I mean, luckily my boyfriend's a little bit tall. He's not that much taller than me, so I don't have to wear heels all the time, which is a huge plus. Sure. Um, yeah, but I feel like height is, is a bit more of like a, you can't really control that. You can't control how tall somebody is or unless it's really going to affect you and how you see that person. Yeah. Then I could definitely see putting that into, a, into like... An, like a hard no type of thing. Yeah. But what was the other one was the selfies has one or more selfies that I hate that. I hate yeah. when if you take a gym pic, I, Oh, that's a bit much. Goodbye. It's a bit much. And if you <laughs> take a picture, this is my big thing too. If you take a mirror selfie, even if it's not shirtless, I'm like, what is this? It's, it's maybe different if it's like 
for us girls, if we're like dressed up and we're like about to go somewhere and it's like a Snapchat or an Instagram story, that's one thing. But I'm like, I'm not going to put that on my dating profile. No, I feel like mirror selfies are very like MySpace circa 2008. Yeah. Type of thing. Like, like mirror selfies. Are, I just envision, like, when we, when we were younger, we would hold, like, a digital camera in the bathroom and taking the mirror selfie right, that way. Right, right. Oh, my, that's so funny you say that because I was literally, so one of my best friends just had a birthday and I was going through, like, 10, 15 years of, like, our friendship and our hot pink oh, no. digital cameras and you see the flash oh, in the mirror. Like, <laughs> it's like, wow, that's the OG selfie or yeah. like disposable camera selfies, oh, right? Yeah. And you just like go to CVS, you'd be like, I can't wait. To, we didn't call them selfies then. That wasn't a term, but it's like, can't wait to see these pics. And it's like, you see your elbows. <laughs> um, the height thing though, for me, I'm 5'5", five five, so I don't really have that problem. Like every guy is taller than me. Mm. Um, but I can see like if you're if you're a girl on the taller side and that's something that is like important to you, I can see where that would, might be a deal breaker because just like I said with the gym thing, I think everybody has their own triggers. Mm-hmm. Like if it's important to you, then it's important to you, I guess. Yeah. I so, feel like I've just been fortunate enough to date guys taller than me. So I haven't had to necessarily think yeah, about that. Yeah. Kind I of can actually stuff. think of two people in my life who have husbands who are significantly shorter than them. Which, I mean, and they're, like, super happily married. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a, just personal thing. Yeah, it's up to you. doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter what you choose is what I mean. It, that, it would bother me if I dated someone shorter than me because if you're, if you're a guy shorter than me, then you're really freaking short. <laughs> that would be, like, so short. Yeah, I feel like there's a certain like, point at which. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then one of them says, a picture's worth a thousand words. Dude, have a good profile pic or no. Yeah, I mean, for me, if I if I don't like your profile pic, I'm not going to look through the other pics. I'm just gonna swipe no. Yeah, I feel like it's it's like your your opening line in a conversation. Like right. it's a it's whether it's like weird or like silly or like you're doing something. I think it's like a really obviously like at a glance way yeah. to learn about to start learning about someone so yeah and even if I do like the pic I do not swipe right I click on it and then I look at all the other pictures and, yeah and I read the bio and the questions and then I decide if I'm gonna swipe right. yeah I definitely require investigating yeah yeah I don't <laughs> I don't mindlessly swipe right ever but I mindlessly swipe left all the time yeah um and then one of them says I'm scared to use dating apps that was their that was their hard no so I guess they don't use dating apps but how do you feel? I mean, do you think dating apps are scary? What's your take on that? No, well, I feel like dating apps have become such, like, commonplace now. Like, I mean, I, I think feel like everyone knows somebody that has at least tried, like, Plenty of Fish or Match.com, any of those, or even, like, whether it's just, like, I don't know, Tinder or something. I, right. I feel like they, they are really commonplace now that it's it's not taboo. To do that, anyway, to like, oh, I met, like I met someone online, but I'm not going to tell anybody I met someone online. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like we kind of touched about this last time a little right. bit. I, th- I feel like it's it's a normal thing. It's it's just whether you're willing to put yourself out there. I think in terms it. of being scared, like first of all, what Jordan, like what you're saying, Jordan, you got to realize like you'd be hard pressed to find a millennial who has never done any dating app mm-hmm. at all. Um, so just like take comfort in knowing that everybody, not everybody's doing it, but a lot of people are doing it. <laughs> yeah. But then in terms of, like, actually feeling scared about meeting up with somebody or about, like, giving out your phone number or your personal information, um, I don't advise you to meet up with anybody that 
you like don't have a good gut feeling about, right? And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'll admit it. I don't even care. I do my research on someone before I meet up with them. Always. Yeah. Like I, I will look you up on Facebook. I will look you up on Maryland Case Search. <laughs> and I am not like yes. I just said that, and I'm not afraid to say that because yeah. it's like I'm not gonna put myself in a position that is dangerous or unsafe or just a waste of my time, mm-hmm. right? So it's like if I'm and disclaimer, right? It's I'm not saying that like anything I find about you is like I'm taking notes about all your deal breakers or that I can't like give you any like a second. You don't chance. have full page but right. like reports in a book about everybody. No, I don't. <laughs> right. But um I think you just you want to do your research, especially if you're somebody who's like outright saying like I'm scared to even give it a try. Okay, that's all right. That's probably healthy, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. have a little bit of like fear. Just just do your research. Yeah, be fine. Yeah, I feel like either that. I mean, there there are ways. It might be a little bit more tough to meet people and stuff, but that's where you outsource to friends. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, does anybody know somebody? Yeah. Like, I think I want to do an episode where we like go through my dating apps. And like read people's bios. Okay. That would be, not right now, but that would be so funny. And just like, not rip on people, but but just like, any for anybody who's listening right now, just to give you a glimpse into what that is like if you're not someone who's on apps or if you're mm-hmm. someone who is you're fortunate enough to have found someone organically um, or even not, or you're fortunate, fortunate enough to have found someone on an app and now you don't need it anymore. Um, I will, I will let you into my apps. But, all right, so we got a lot of other questions, and I'm not going to address them all on this episode because I want to save some of that content for next time. But I do want to address um, one of them. It was an open-ended question about sun care. Um, Something along the lines of summer's around the corner. What are your tips for sun care? So great question. I do not really tan. I haven't had much of a real natural tan and probably, like, five years, even on vacation. Um, I'm really careful with the sun, both for protection against skin cancer and also for aging purposes. So the sunscreen that I use is Supergoop and none of this is sponsored. I'm just telling you what I use because you asked, but it's a clean sunscreen with no harmful ingredients. I like all of their products. They have a pretty extensive product line, but my favorite is the SPF that comes in a whipped mousse. It's in a can And I love it because it doesn't make a mess in your bag, like a spray or a lotion might, you know, like when something explodes in your bag and then all of the spray is everywhere, it's all over the can, it's all over your bag, like it just makes a mess. Um, This won't do that. So it also has rosemary oil in it, so it's really hydrating for the skin and you can put it on your face, you can put it on your body, you can put it on your kids. And I also like drunk elephant sunscreen. Really the key here is to just find a mineral-based sunscreen. So a chemical sunscreen has, or a physical sunscreen has ingredients that can seep into the bloodstream and a, min- a mineral sunscreen is generally safer um, in its ingredient list. So I'll go ahead and admit that not all the cosmetics I use and promote are so-called clean. Uh, I know Danny and I just like really had an extensive conversation about that, but I do use clean sunscreen. And one of my New Year's resolutions was to apply sunscreen on my hands and forearms every day because that's where you can get a lot of sun while you're driving, even if you don't realize it. And I'm not doing great at that, I'm gonna be honest, but I'm trying to be better. Um, They always say though, if you wanna guess how old somebody is, don't look at their face, look at their hands. And sun has a lot to do with that. So I actually cannot believe I still have friends who will still bake in the sun. I I can't believe people still do that. I can't wrap my head around that. Um, I used to be one of those people though, I'll admit it. I know I'm like 
pretty fair skinned, but I can get a pretty good tan. I just haven't wanted to get a good tan. So that's why you haven't seen me with one really. And I also used to frequently use tanning beds and I'm not proud to admit that, but it's just the truth. And I was just telling my friend who does my spray tans the other day, I am so glad that spray tans are so popular now and that young girls are choosing spray tans over tanning beds because that just, that wasn't much of an option for my generation when we were growing up. Like it, it just didn't really exist. I mean, it, it kind of did, but it wasn't popular and it was, it was really bad. Like it didn't look good. So, but now I get spray tans all the time. I get my spray tans done by Rachel Ferraro Aesthetics. We're going to have her on the podcast soon and I'm super excited for that. She'll actually be in studio with us, which will be really fun. But Back to SPF. I use SPF 50 always. I've been told that 50 is the magic number. Um, that's also the SPF that I use every single day in my CC cream. So I use CC cream in lieu of foundation most days. It's it cosmetics and that, uh, that has SPF 50 in it. So to answer your question, I recommend using SPF on your face every single day. Doesn't matter what season, doesn't matter if you're inside, outside, whatever, just put it on your face every day. Uh, put it on your body as often as possible. Invest in a clean sunscreen, a mineral-based sunscreen. Uh, do your research on your skincare products because some of your products will make you extra sensitive to the sun. So acids, retinol, what have you. And this super cute skincare line and blog posts, like a couple, or blog Instagram, just followed me a couple hours ago. And they posted something about like sun facts. So I want to just read a couple of these facts to you. I have them in front of me. One of them says, 90% of skin aging comes from daily sun exposure. That is like wild to me, 90%? Like that's so much. And then I also think it's interesting. Um, there's like such a hype about blue light right now, like blue light glasses. Everybody's seeing the diff I wear blue light glasses. I actually have a pair from Amazon. Um, but mineral sunscreen is not only safer for you in the ingredients and it's actually better for the environment, but it also protects you against blue light. So that, that I find interesting. It's not just your eyes that you have to protect. It's also your skin and a mineral sunscreen can help with that. So I thought that was really interesting, but, um, aside from that, wear a hat, wear sunglasses, cover yourself up, be smart, moisturize after you're in the sun, old school aloe is great. Even if you aren't sunburned, just lather on the aloe and the moisturizer. My mom has really, really tan skin all the time. She has some Native American in her. And my dad's a pretty pale guy. He does get kind of tan. My parents go on vacation all the time, but he had skincare probably around, skin cancer, probably around 20 years ago and had a lot of skin removed from his back and never takes a shirt off outside because of that. So I try to be really careful and I'm really glad that you asked this question because people aren't talking about it as much as I wish they would. So stop laying out in the sun. It's stupid. So that concludes episode two. Thank you so much for listening. I am so grateful that you've taken time out of your day to listen to the Enough podcast. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. If you have comments, questions, anything you want us to address on the podcast or anything you want to share, please email us at podcast at enoughbiz.com. That's podcast at enoughbiz.com. You can also DM us on Instagram at the enough podcast. Make sure to give us a follow. Stay tuned for updates there. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, share with a friend, and tune into episode three. We have a very exciting guest calling in for a topic you'll really enjoy. Sydney Hedberg, the author of Barney's, Bergdorf's, and Bill's The Girlfriend's Guide to Finance, will be giving us some money managing tips 
and a lot of awesome business information. We're also going to be talking about some travel tips for millennials. I got a lot of questions about travel tips and we will definitely be addressing those next time. So be sure to tune in for that episode. But for today, that's enough and we'll catch you next time. Oh, 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 oh,